I began my seminary education in 2007 at Church Divinity School of the Pacific in Berkeley. That same year, the seventh and final book in the Harry Potter series came out, breaking book sales records around the world. So naturally, many of my fellow seminarians back then, eager to capitalize on the cultural phenomenon, wove themes from the Potter books into their preaching, probably thinking this made their message hip and relevant. I, of course, was way too cool for that. And every time a Potter reference came from the pulpit, I rolled my internal eyes at these oratory grasps at low-hanging fruit. Fast forward 13 years to 2020. Having read the entire series years ago, I found myself just this April seeking some verbal comfort food to take my mind off the deepening dread of this pandemic. Somehow, Harry Potter came to mind, and I found the books on our public library's OverDrive app, which lets you download audiobooks directly onto your smartphone. Lo and behold, I started listening to the series, finding consolation once more in its stories of adventure and bravery, the clear demarcation of good and evil, and the reminder of a simpler time in my life, pre-seminary, pre-weight-of-the-world priesthood feeling. I've now come to listening to the last book in the series. And though I can see my 41-year-old self rolling his eyes, today I'm going to preach just a bit on Harry Potter. But it's now a retro thing, so it's actually cool to do, just to be clear. This has been quite a week here in California. Some of you may have noticed. The pandemic continues unabated. Last weekend, a heat wave stressed our power grid and led to outages for some. Then the weather turned to thunderstorms and thousands of lightning strikes across the state begat fires, over 500 of which are still raging, with smoke and ash billowing into our towns and cities. Beloved parklands and homes destroyed. The Bay Area crowned with the title worst air quality in the world for a few days. The effects of the fires could be felt as far away as Nebraska. With all this mayhem going on around us, I think we can be excused for brandishing the term apocalyptic around in our conversations, or as one parishioner called it, the plagues of Egypt. But this really is, should come as no surprise, as we've been talking about it for years. Climate change has now come home to roost. A double hurricane in the Gulf of Mexico is on its way, the first recorded since records were kept in 1900. These are scary times, and I'm not even bringing up the chaos that is American politics these days. Yet here we are once more, gathered together in virtual church for a message of hope. Today's collect says, Grant, O merciful God, that your church, being gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power 
among all peoples. What is this power of God that the church is called to show forth, especially in such dark days? In today's passage from Paul's letter to the Romans, he writes, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Again, what is the will of God in us? To what are we not to conform? And into what might we be transformed? The power of God that the church is called to show forth is love. What we are not to conform to in this world is selfishness, violence, hatred, and fear. And we are called to transform into persons who are compassionate, courageous, self-giving, and led by faith. Now I could end the sermon right here and be done with it, having given you the spiritual punchline midway through. But then you wouldn't be getting your money's worth. Nor would I have made my Harry Potter analogies. So here we go. As I listen to book seven of Harry Potter, I slip back into the feelings of dread and concern I once had the first time around for the characters, even though I already know how it ends, who dies, who lives, and who lives again. Likewise, we Christians have been assured of salvation through Christ, so we know how it ends too. Yet that doesn't stop us from feeling anxious, from being fearful of how natural disasters or political mayhem may play out in the coming months, years, and decades. The evil in the books manifests as Lord Voldemort and his followers, the Death Eaters. The evil in our world is multifaceted, reflective of all kinds of wrong-hearted desires and habits. A lust for power, money, or fame. The fear of people who are not like you. The belief that in order to have what you want, you have to make sure others don't get it as well. Or simply indifference, or not wanting to be inconvenienced. These things are not of God because they do not reflect God's love. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. There are a few traits in Harry and his gang that ultimately save them from being overwhelmed by the forces of darkness, that transform them from heroic to heroic. One such quality is courage, a bravery begotten of friendship and a common cause. They fight and risk their lives because how they respond to the dangers at hand will decide their fate, and they know it. We need to wake up at long last to the devastation we have wrought on this planet to recognize how Mother Earth is trying to shake off the virus that is us to protect herself from further ailment. We need to be the antibodies, not the virus. If we care to combat climate change and the destruction that is upon us, 
we must demand laws and regulations that will save our planet and vote for policies and politicians who will enact them. If you don't think right governing has anything to do with Harry Potter, consider this. A few weeks ago in Bangkok, thousands of protesters, many of them university students wearing Harry Potter-themed costumes and brandishing chopsticks as wands, demonstrated against the Thai government with chants of long live democracy. The protesters who have been holding rallies for weeks are demanding the resignation of the prime minister who seized power in a coup in 2014, and they are calling for new elections. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Time and again in the Potter books, the three main characters display compassion for those who are outcast, like Neville Longbottom and Luna Lovegood, befriending them and ultimately helping them grow in strength until they too become fighters in the great wizarding battle at the climax of the last book. Now we Christians are constantly called to compassion for others, but there may come a time when such feeling requires risk or some form of self-giving and sacrifice. For example, our food pantry volunteers are heroes. Not because they fearlessly serve food to our homeless neighbors each week, but because they are afraid of being exposed to COVID, but they do it anyway. I'm not asking each of you to go out there and risk your life so that others may have food or shelter, but for goodness sake, at least wear a mask when you're in public. It's not a political statement, or rather it only is if you make it one. As one reader wrote to the New York Times yesterday, what we are called to is a collective willingness to endure hardship so that strangers may live. Self-giving compassion can take many forms, and you don't even have to leave your house to practice it. Give to local groups that struggle to help those in need. I'll be telling you about one for fire evacuees later. Phone a friend you know gets lonely or who lives alone. Stay in touch with your fellow parishioners. Remind them that they matter and that we are all still community. Shifra and Pua. The midwives in our reading from Exodus feared God and felt compelled to spare the infant boys of the Israelites despite Pharaoh's wicked edict. They could never have known how their brave act of compassion and civil disobedience would eventuate in the salvation of the Israelites. Moses would have been killed at birth. Instead, these women helped save a whole nation. When you turn away from the compelling voice of God in your own life, the one that calls you to compassion, what are you keeping from being born? And who will remain unsaved because of your indifference? But above all these things, 
More even than being courageous, compassionate, and self-giving, we are called to manifest the power of God as love. That is the core of our faith that must lead us to act in this world as church. What ultimately saves and protects Harry Potter time and again in every book from the evil assaults of the enemy is the protective spell of love his mother inadvertently cast on him as an infant when she sacrificed her life to save him from Lord Voldemort. No evil action could truly destroy Harry when his mother's love shielded him. As Christians, I trust you know where this is headed. The love of God was made man in the form of Jesus Christ, and Christ's loving sacrifice for us, even unto death, is a shield and buckler against all the darkness that surrounds us. Have faith in its power to save you. Trust that it manifests in your life all around you, supporting you and healing you. And always hand in hand with receiving God's love, be the giver of it. We need you to manifest your gifts so that the darkness will not overcome us. If your gift is courage like Harry Potter's, use it. If it's intelligence and quick thinking like Hermione Granger's, use it. If it's friendship and humor like Ron Weasley's, use it. Don't sit at home getting all depressed. God's army of light needs you to get out there and fight for love. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Paul writes, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith. Prophesy to those who need a cheerful word. Let them know we're going to make it through this dark time. Ministry in ministering. Joe Greiner and the Food Pantry volunteers minister to the homeless, and you can find ways to help others too. The teacher in teaching. Father Bill has been using his gifts of learning to teach us about our ancestors of faith in the church. You have things to teach somebody too. The giver in generosity. A number of you have given to St. Luke's above and beyond your pledge to get us through this financially strapped time. And others are offering support to places that help the cash strapped get through. The leader in diligence. Kathy Gomez, Warren Hackbarth, and the Vestry are working hard to lead us through this valley of shadows, trusting that there is light ahead. There are things you are called to lead as well. The compassionate in cheerfulness. Pat Welch is using her gift of companionability to make phone calls to parishioners each week, checking in with them and cheering them up. Use your gifts to show forth God's power among all peoples. Love. Jesus' question in the gospel, who do you say that I am, will be answered by your actions. Show the world that Jesus is courage, that Jesus is compassion, 
that Jesus is self-giving and faithful and loving. Tell the world in so many ways and let yourself hear it too when you're in a place of darkness. Somebody loves you and you're going to make it through. Heroes do not just exist in fantasy books for children and young adults. They live among us each day. May God give you strength to transform into one yourself. Amen.